Good morning. Happy New Year. 2 Kings 7, verse 1 and 2, is the story where Ben-Hadad, the king of Syria, surrounds Israel and Elisha, really, because Elisha, you know, he figures out that Elisha knows everything that he says. Elisha tells the king of Israel, who is Jehoram. Jehoram is the son of Ahab and Jezebel, if you don't know. It's very funny. It's tricky. Oh, I have only two verses from you, and we're going to go with that and then see where we go. Then Elisha said, you're the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord. Tomorrow about this time, a measure of fine flour will sell for a shekel and two measures of barley for a shekel in the gate of Samaria. Now, there's a siege around Israel by Ben-Hadad. Okay, he's basically come and he's put over there and like he said, like nothing goes in, nothing goes out. And, the, and they're selling what? A head of a donkey for like 200 shekels or something. Okay. And donkey in Jewish custom is unclean. And still they're ready to eat it. And if you go, this, okay, let me go back. Two Kings has some of the most famous stories in the Bible you'll ever read. I spend more time in Two Kings studying the victories of God for my life than any other place. I don't know about you. Go venture two kings. If it draws you the way it draws me, two kings four, life verses are for me in those. Two kings six, two kings seven. I spend more time in these chapters because they just draw me. These stories are like become real. Like I can go through two kings six and I can go every verse and show you God's doing this. God did this. God did that. God did that. Like, you know, Elisha prays for the guy to see, right, so that he can see who are with him. Then he basically smarts blindness over Syrians. Then he takes the Syrians and he leads them into Israel. And then they're surrounded and they're like, now what do we do? He said, don't kill them, send them back. It's like it just happens. It just happens. And I want you to understand the acceleration of God. Go back to this 2 Kings 6. I don't have time to put the whole thing out there for you. But 2 Kings 6, and you'll understand the acceleration of God that is happening. And thus says the word of the Lord. Elisha's first word is, thus, this is the word of the Lord. The word of the Lord is the most important thing in your life. I want you to get this for 2024. I want you to understand the word of the Lord, if you don't make it your sustenance, you are going to be in a famine. You're going to be dry. You're going to have nothing else with you. You may have grain in your granary and everything, but you're just going to be dry. You're going to sit in church just dry. I have news for you. Because if you don't have the word, I, I, this is the word of the Lord. If this doesn't become your daily bread, then I'm sorry. You're basically being starved and you're famished and you're just going to have nothing in you. I have nothing to lose by telling you the truth. Right? I'm not afraid. I basically will tell you more, which is more scarier. But like, you know, get used to this, that you basically have to have the word of the Lord. But my favorite song, Bishop Garlington, I don't know, you know if his name. He's a bishop out of uh, Pittsburgh. He preached this message, and he made a song about this. Tomorrow, about this time, things are going to change. Think about it. Tomorrow, about this time, things are going to change. If I have to give you hope, I can give you hope through this, but I can even tell you that without the word of the Lord, you have no hope. That's what the world outside is basically hopeless, and they don't have the word of the Lord. Right. 
Tomorrow, about this time, an entire nation which is under siege, which has no food to eat, is suddenly going to receive a supernatural abundant provision of God because God is on their side. Okay, same way. Say with me. God is on my side. God is on my side. Tomorrow, about this time, tomorrow, about 12, 10, say with me, if you believe this, tomorrow, about 12, 10, things are going to change in my life. This is the word of the Lord. The Lord gives you words, not because he's a liar. He holds his word above everything else. He will basically fulfill every word that he has commanded, every word that he has spoken. He is not a liar. You know, I stand here because of his goodness. But I stand here because I am okay to declare that he's ready to do miracles. Because I'm not doing them, he's doing them. I stand in this room where the miracles are open. What Kathy basically stepped into was she believed the word of the Lord. Thus says the word of the Lord. And she went and did it. What is the word of the Lord saying to you? What are you not ready to listen? What is the word said to you that you're not ready to listen? Right? You, you have to question what was the last word he gave you that you have basically done nothing with and you're waiting for another word of God to now reconfirm, reconfirm, and reconfirm, but you're going nowhere. So we basically have, uh, I guess what we say, that's our responsibility, that we have to walk in what he had given us last. And he said this. You know what I got? I was telling Code the other day. I remembered the word Ed Trout gave me. You're going to create a Taj Mahal. I went to God and I was like, God, listen, hey, you seen the Taj Mahal? You see how big that is? I can't do that by myself. Okay, so I need people to basically want to come to do this. But he's, you know what the Taj Mahal is? It's like, to me, I consider it like worship. He loved his wife. The king loved his wife so much. So when she died, he created a memorial. In the Bible, when the memorial was created, it was a memorial of worship. You see, my life, if there's anything, I want it to be that every last drop is poured out on him. I don't want, I don't want to come to church and have enough to take back with me. What will I do with worship if I take back with me to my house? If I don't pour it out over here? What use is it? Huh? Yeah. You know, it's like, like we were cheering for the game yesterday. My voice would have gone. I would be okay. I get shouted everything. I did everything. You know, and, but I'm ready to go back another day and come back with more strength. Same thing with God. You just have to be ready to pour it out because tomorrow is not guaranteed for you. So we basically have to walk this very, I believe there's going to be a very fine line. What you could do last year and get away with, you're not going to get away with this year. I have news for you that it's going to be a very fine line. You'll seem like you're getting away with. You seem like everything because people will be like, sure, you got away with it. But uh-uh. In God's terms, you're not. You're not. If that vain thing was basically put for your life, you will not get away. <sighs> Worst you. This is interesting. Okay. So I told you the famine in the land due to the siege, the word of the Lord. And the fun part is in that verse, it uses this word, Shama Shama, you know, which you use for Shama Shama, O Israel. Yeah, yeah, O Israel. 
the word of the Lord is you have to hear it. It's like you heard it or you listened to it, but you really never received it. Shama Shama Israel is where there's a call to the nation of Israel to come back and repent, reconsecrate themselves. Sometimes why you're not even walking in this word is because your life is not consecrated enough to basically walk into the promises that you have. Can I be? Means you have to be that honest with yourself. Sometimes we are not walking or leading a life that is basically clean, that basically allows us to step into the holy place, to step into that glory. You know, when the glory comes, no flesh will stand. No flesh will stand. Solomon couldn't stand. The priest couldn't stand in the temple. When that glory comes, the day that glory comes, you'll know. Automatically, you'll have people saying, sorry, I'm not going to come back here. I, I promise you, you're going to see that. You're going to see people who basically do not want to change their compromised lifestyle and walk with the way of God. And they will basically leave because they cannot stand in the presence of God. They either have to change or they will basically not make it. I'm, I'm raising the standard higher. I'm not lowering it for like, you know, to get an applause. <laughs> Sorry, I'm struggling because I have so much to say in just two verses. You know, Elisha gives this word and the king of Israel does not respond. Do you know why? In the last chapter, the king of Israel sent people to kill Elisha. He was upset. He was angry with Elisha because there were women who were boiling their children and eating it. And he was upset with it that he sent people to kill. There will be kings who will come against the word of the Lord. And it didn't surprise me that Jehoram was the son of Ahab and Jezebel. He was always against the prophetic word. There was something in him. He followed it. He did everything. But there were some things which he never followed. Like he brought the high places down. He didn't fall, But he followed the ways of, I forget what's his name. Jeroboam. Okay, go check. 2 Kings 6. He followed the ways of Jeroboam, which, and then he followed, which was leading people to sin. If anything you're doing is leading people to sin, it's against God. But this is what he did. And so he didn't reply. I'm sorry. Sometimes the, you know, the kings of the land do not reply to the prophetic people because they are angry with them. They're not helping them build what they want to build. They're not get, getting them what they want. But you, a prophet has to be true to the word of the Lord. He has to declare the word of the Lord. If the God puts a word in you, please don't sugarcoat it and try to give somebody and say, oh, he'll do maybe, you know. No, no, no. Just say it as it is. Coming forward, the word of the God, Lord is going to become very sharp. It's going two-edged sword. It's a two-edged sword. It will heal and it will cut. Okay? It will cut asunder whatever is not supposed to be there and it will heal because the word is a healing word. He, you know, because he took the stripes for our healing. Hmm. And so the king doesn't reply to the prophet. He gives him a prophetic word. It's like, I come, I give easy a prophetic word. Tomorrow we're just going to have wealth transference of whatever, so many millions. And he doesn't even reply to me. Think of it. Crickets. From the leader of Israel. The guy who's sitting next to him, a captain, okay, 
decides to answer back. And then the, this is verse 2. Then the captain on whose hand the king leaned answered the man of God and said, If the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this be? But Elijah said, You shall see it with your own eyes, but you shall not eat of it. I want you to pay attention to the word the captain answered back with. He said, if the Lord should make windows in heaven, could this be? He's very scriptural, right? Right? How many of you have read your Bible? Is that in the Bible or no? Windows in heaven, when you do your tithes and offering, you would open windows, right? So why does the prophet tell him that, hey, you're not going to be, you'll see it with your eyes, but you're not going to eat of it. I want you to know this. This is where the warning is right now. The warning is that basically in the past, you could seem very spiritual by using words and getting away with no longer, no longer. You will not fulfill your destiny. You will not be able to walk into the things and taste the things that God has for you for 2024 if you basically use the word of the Lord, not rightly. He never understood what the prophet was saying. You see, he used his old logic. Oh, is that going to be something? No, no, no. He didn't understand the heart of God for this time. He was using his 10 years of experience, 20 years of experience, and trying to use that to say, hmm, maybe this will sound. If you are spiritual and you know all these verses, but you have missed the heart of God, you have missed it all. You can have every sort of whatever you want. You know, moves of God and all won't happen without the heart of God. You see, in, in understanding that, we first have to always put what is the heart of Jesus. Jesus, what are you wanting today? Not what I'm wanting. I'm wanting getting rid of the siege. I'm wanting this famine to get over. I'm wanting every breakthrough in my life. But Jesus, what are you wanting? What is your heart wanting? What is, what is on your heart? How can I love you best today? How can I love you best more than all the breakthroughs you can give me? Jesus, how can my heart just love on you? How can my heart just want to bless you? Just like, can I just sit with you? Can I just cry with you? Can I just be with you? You see, I can put all the things I want and we're believing for, but Jesus, what is on your heart? See, we have to go back to that place where what is on his heart? It changes. It changes. You can come. I could come prepared with this message yesterday, saying that this is the message I have to preach today. But I, ha I have the duty to walk in a step by step by step because I am paying more attention to him than trying to be perfect and very well that you all will love the, my message. And like, you know, we'll have the applause. I prefer the applause of heaven than the applause of man. I am choosing to walk with a very simple walk of, I do not know what I have to do now. I do not know what I have to do now. Every time we come in with this robustness of understanding that, oh, I know, I know how to play the drums. This is, I've done this since I was five years old. But what if I don't even have to hit a cymbal during the whole service? What if God basically puts that on my heart and I'm struggling and I'm just still choosing to honor God and that's what I do. This is what is going to come in, in our lives this year. You could be captains of the army. You could have the 
you know, the king could lean on your arm and whatever, but you have not understood the word of the Lord. You have basically stayed with something which you had 10 years ago, and you have not updated yourself with the heart of God right now. This is where the invitation is. Shama, Shama, O Israel. This is the call of the Lord basically to consecrate your hearing, to consecrate that everything that you're able to hear, move and understand that. In that sense, what is that? What is God basically calling you for? Like, think of it. There has to be something more. Something more that I have experienced right now that should make me want to seek after him. If everything we understood as a room, right, in this room, the people who have 50 years experience and more and all, and we have understood, we have seen miracles, signs and wonders, why would we need Jesus? Right? Tell me, if you have seen everything, then why, why would we need Jesus? We could do it on, based on our experience. We could take that AI and we could tell AI, please program our worship service to be what we want it to be. Right? AI would do it, right, Toby? Yeah, because he understands everybody's like, everybody's dislikes. It will put everything in. It will put it to whatever sound you like, whether you like reggae, whether you like what, and we'll change it and we'll give you your headset and you'll worship God. Is that the way which God wants worship? Now, see, you've got to understand this. What is your updated version of God for today right now? You see, I cannot walk on yesterday's manner. I have to have fresh manner every day. I cannot basically come in, this was yesterday's. I had to sit again today and update what I had to understand what did I want. Yesterday I wanted to preach to you 2 Kings 6, 2 Kings 7. Can you imagine the battle I would find in time? 2 Kings 6 and 2 Kings 7 and give you the whole thing and you would understand it. I also didn't understand it really. <laughs> but this is what it is, you know. The warning is stiff. But it's needed because we have to fulfill our destiny. The whole reason you're here and you're following God is to fulfill your destiny that he's called you to. If you're not going to fulfill it or you choose not to, it's an invitation. You can do what you want. You see, there will be a lot of people. Who, what does the verse say? I think it's Matthew 7, 16 or 21. It says, yeah, you said, Lord, Lord, but you didn't listen to me. You did all the miracle signs and wonders, but you didn't listen to me. I don't know you. I have news for you. You could do all the miracle signs and wonders, but you have never heard him. And he'll just say, Lord, Lord, I don't know you. Lord, Lord. You're like not even saying, Jesus, Jesus, like, like how you are saying, somebody touched me and all, like who touched me? It's not going to be that. You're saying he's Lord. You've been declaring he's Lord. Miracle signs and wonders are happening, but you have not heard him. This is where the, the what would you call that, the balance? What do you call that, the weighing scale? Today, I want you to have a picture of this weighing scale. You're going to start walking with this weighing scale very minutely every day and say, does this even weigh properly in that? Is this right? Is this wrong? Then I'm going to move on. Then I'm going to move. We, we're going to have that very fine, minute word because the word of the Lord for you is that that you are going to honor the word of the Lord rightly. You're not just going to take a word which you thought like the windows of heaven and put it into your life and say, oh, this is what I got. No, no, no. What is it today? What is the word for you today? How are you going to rightly walk with that word? How are you going to use that word? How are you going to make that your weapon and say, God, now what do I do with this?